we got a lot of feedback about this episode. White guilt. And black disparity. I mean, we got so much feedback that not only did we do a part one, we had to elevate and go to a part two, and it really got deep on this one as well. Yeah, so this is part two, and... Oh, we we talk about a lot of stuff, and I still I still feel the guilt. Um, but yeah, we really yeah, we really we, go there. We go there. We talk about systemic racism and how real it has been in the wake of George Floyd, really like bringing it all to the forefront. But then I mm-hmm. talk about what it's like to be black in America and how I've been going through it, and now have this space where I can share with a childhood friend in hopes of making the world a better place. We also talk about the fact that black Americans are going through and we're going through two pandemics. You know, and that was systemic racism and the fact that we black and brown people were dying um, at a much faster rate than their white counterparts. And and that truly breaks my heart. And so not only Mm -hmm. do we want you to listen, I want people that are listening. And after you listen, go get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated, because I also share I don't think it's on this episode, but I actually got COVID and my entire Mm -hmm. family got COVID. And Carrie, you know, you were there texting me through that. You know, when I was like, Girl. <laughs> the least I could do. It's like you feel helpless. Your friend's going through this, but oh, yeah. And it changed oh my, my perspective quickly because I said, you know what? We all can do our part. It's not about politics. We're not trying to tell you how to live your life. But listen, if you can get vaccinated and you can protect yourself and help protect someone else, I think it's worth it. I mean, I'm living proof yeah. of that. Yes, we're so glad. <laughs> so take a listen and then you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a comment, rate us, and then join our Facebook group and Instagram. And let's just keep these conversations going. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of you. Take care. Welcome to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks. I'm Gloria Harrison, a TV producer living in New York. And I'm Carrie Clifford, an actor and writer living in Los Angeles. We first met in elementary school outside Boston. When I was part of a program that bused kids from the inner city to school in the suburbs. We're going to talk about privilege and disadvantage. And about what it's like to move from one world to another without really feeling at home in either. In this podcast, we're having conversations about race. And the awkwardness that comes with learning about people from another culture. What do you think if if we were to switch places? Like... Do you think you could handle what it is to be a black woman in America, what it is to be a black man, to raise a black child? Like, it is a task within itself, not even just to be a mom, to be a good mom, to be effective, to be spiritual, to be um, everything you want. You, we, we want our next generation to be so much better. but. Race is a big part of our lives. Like if you if if you had to switch places, like honestly, when you hear all of this that I'm saying to you, what does the thought even feel like? It's like it's so different and you have had to, you know, just deal with so much more, think about so much more, prepare your family for so much more. It's just like I wouldn't even have the playbook to be able to do it because I just, you know, it just it just like those things just don't even occur as a white woman, white man, what you know, whatever. It's like those things just don't 
it, you just don't entertain it. So no, I don't think I could do it because I just haven't, I don't have that skill set. I don't have to think about keeping both hands on the steering wheel. And mm. I'm not saying that cops are like, I've definitely had encounters where cops have been inappropriate and rude and, you know, but I never thought I was going to die. Right. And it's crazy. And I'll be honest with you. There are times I've been pulled over and the cops were lovely. I don't give a damn. I'm still afraid. I'm still black. I'm looking in the mirror and I understand that I'm black. I understand that you or people who work in your industry see me as a threat. Right. And that is so sad. And you know what else is crazy? Imagine this. So there are kids that are in the inner city of Dorchester, never had an opportunity to go through the MECO program to mix and mingle with people of different of different races. And some of them, maybe they did, but I'm saying to a lot of them did not. Right. So they're struggling for the American dream. I'm coming to this school system struggling for the American dream. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to be first generation college student. I'm graduating. I'm going to be married. I'm going to do everything right. And then sometimes I wake up and I look in the mirror. And I said, even after I've done everything right, I'm still just a black woman and my life has less value. And that is hard to swallow. And who do you think makes you feel like that? Like, do you think it's a societal thing or there's certain like it's, it's a, uh, systemic racism? Um, it's we see it in our jobs. Yeah. We see it in school. Like, do I think my life has less value? Hell no. Right. I'm a queen. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I'm a proud black woman. But I worry about exactly what you said. Society. Right. It goes back to it. Seriously. School system. Uh, the way uh, promotions are um given to certain people and not others. And I say, OK, I did everything you said. I went to college. I learned uh, different skills that I was supposed to. I am ready for the next level in my job, but somehow it's given to somebody else. And right. some people may say, you know what? It's not because you're black. You know, we just don't feel like you have the skill set. You uh -huh. know, maybe we chose someone else. And that that is a possibility. But then the other possibility is that I know that I'm better than this person. Right. I know what I bring to the table. In fact, I help support that person and may, in fact, do it better than that person. But somehow I'm still not good enough for the next position. Right. And that's the kind of stuff what I'm talking about. Like, even if you say, OK, the kid from Dorchester that didn't have an opportunity to mix and mingle like I did, um, will go to a job in corporate America and be there with a lot of white people. And like, you know, this ain't for me. I'm just going to go to a historically black college. I'm just going to stay in my I'm not going to mix and mingle. Right. right. But then you have somebody like me. OK, I did everything. I'm, hey, my, my mom's checking this off. OK, integration. Check. Right. right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Affluent school, meet new people, learn new things. Check. Get inspired to go to college. Check. Mm -hmm. Did everything I'm supposed to follow the American dream. Only to get to the end and be like, oh, we didn't tell you. You're still <laughs> black. <laughs> We didn't tell you, girl. Nah, you got a whole you got you still got a long way to go. It's like, what? But I and I think that's so important. And you keep ha you you need to keep saying that because it's like, I think for those of us who grew up without that element and who, you know, have in comparison had a charmed life, like it really this these last like six months or 
whatever, it has made me realize how like, you know, a white and a black kid from that could have the same education, same whatever, it's never equal. It's just, Mm-mm. it's never your son and my son don't have the same worries. And like, I, I honestly, it's taken me 40 something years to really have that drilled into me because I don't think I thought about that, you know? And, and, and listen, I think that's, yeah. that, that's one of the things about these videotapes or whatever. It's making us think about it because as someone who's white and has had privilege, I haven't, I just haven't been forced to think about that. And of, and of course I, I think of myself as being empathetic and I, you know, I worry about other people and I see, uh, imbalances and injustices, but having all this attention on these cases and on the police brutality and everything, it makes you have to think about it. And I think it's so important because otherwise those of us who it's not part of our daily life, we just don't think about it. Right. And, you know, I did a a paper on Ellis Island years ago, and I I was shocked at how people also from different races, different cultures were forced to come here. You know what I mean? And how their last names were changed. Mm -hmm. Uh, The difference is they were allowed to work and start a savings account, Carrie. They were allowed to build even though they they came here and didn't know how to speak English, they were allowed help. And I'm sitting here and I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, that is so sad. Other people went through this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and I feel for those families, those people, those generations. But I also know here's what else I found out. You guys got some assistance. Mm-hmm. Okay, but from Africa, and this is real talk. You brought black folks here from Africa. They couldn't speak English. You split them up. You took them away. Moms from their babies, Mm. men from their wives. You split the family up. You brought them here. You put them on, you know, on a a damn stand and sold them. Mm. Then you beat them. Those were my ancestors. Go way, way back. My mom is like, Gloria, we suffered even as a result. Even if you can't say my great-great-grandfather was a slave. Maybe his father was. Right. But that racism, that systemic racism has gone for generations. Mm -hmm. And they say every time, I didn't realize this, I was going to try to find the article. Every time there is um, an unarmed black person shot, it sets back a person's emotional state. It sets back somebody like my father who's in his 80s who is just trying to really just enjoy his last years, whatever that is. And he's getting flashbacks of what happened to his ancestors. Mm -hmm. It sets back black families who have tried, like mine, who have tried so hard to integrate, to love, and to treat people as you would want to be treated. That's the way I was raised. But Carrie, there are days when I say to myself, nah, I don't want to deal with anybody I want to keep my son in a bubble. I want to keep my daughter in a bubble. I want to keep my baby, my eight-year-old. And that's not fair. They deserve to see the world. They deserve to realize and believe that life can get better, that there is hope in America. But right now, it doesn't feel that way. And like you're, I love that you're open and willing to listen. It's like, listen, you come here, you're enslaved. You don't get to open up a bank account. Right. You don't get to have set up. In fact, you're beaten even more for even thinking about it. Right. 
And even though they, they end slavery, we still are held back from jobs. We're not allowed to vote. Black men are still uh, jailed. Right. You know, and this is for walking, you know, in South Carolina, it's like long roads. My father, I would go down there. He said, Gloria, this is where we grew up. He's showing me the cotton fields. He's like, and, you know, if you were walking here late at night or at the wrong time, you know, people would just get beaten, rocks thrown at them, accused of things. So, yeah, every time it happens, it sets the emotional state back even further. Mm -hmm. And it tells me that we have work to do. And I am very spiritual and I keep my faith. And I still say to my kids, you know what? You can't judge every police officer because of what that police officer did. Right. Now, how important is what I'm saying? How important is that? That's saying, even though you just saw someone that looks like you get beaten, I want you to take the high road. Mm -hmm. I want you to do better. I want you to believe in America that that can be better, more peaceful, have the envision of what Martin Luther King wanted. And and that's hard. It's like I try so hard to do that. And then some days I'm like, you know what? What are we doing this for? Right. I'm sure it just feels like you just feel defeated. And then it's like, you know, these past how many ever months, it's like every week there's a new. A new killing. And, you know, it's like even if you started to feel better or started to feel more comfortable, like not having that maternal thing of wanting to keep your kids in this protected bubble. But then it's like it happens again. So it's like. Yes. And and listen, imagine that. And I just I'm I'm joking, but I'm not. I'm like, why do we always got to get the short end of the stick? Here we are in the pandemic. And I understand black Americans are getting the coronavirus two to three times more More. than that of a white person yeah and guess what when we go in the hospital we're not coming out we're dying and i say to myself if there is a god god for real right yeah you couldn't even hook us up on the damn pandemic (laughs) you couldn't even like do me a solid on the virus totally you're gonna take my people out that way too you got cops killing them we're just doomed and it's like i try to make sense of it and i'm joking but i'm like for real yeah and you know my kids say to me mommy if there's a God, why is this happening? And I yeah. tell him what I was taught. Don't question God. Right. Don't do it. But in my mind, I'm starting to be like, hold up. I know. Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. Like, they're saying this doesn't make sense. Right. Like, mommy, why you tell us to treat everybody with respect? Why you tell us to look people in their eye? Why do you tell us to stand tall when they want to make us, you know, sit down? When right. When they want to, you know, put us down. Why do you keep telling me to fight? Right. I'm like, because you're better than that. And I always say, you know what? I, I'm i not responsible for what you say to me. I'm responsible for what I say to you, mm-hmm. how I make you feel. Right. And that's how I teach my kids. And that's how I live my life. It's like at the end of the day, like the optics of everything that's going on in this world, those people that are still pulling the Karens, those people that are still abusing their power and law enforcement and law enforcement and politics. Like you think, you know, you're just doing it because you know, you think someone's better than you or you think you're vice versa. It's like, you know what the optics of it, it's clear. It comes down to race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. And it's like, and that's, the white guilt of it, right? That it's like, I 
because I might not believe those things, but I still feel guilty. I feel guilty that it's happening. I feel guilty that people around me are saying these things that on my next door app, people are like <laughs> freaking out every time there's a person of color. Uh, I mean, it is, it's like, and I also get paralyzed because I'm like, what can I do? How can I help? And it just seems like so much bigger than me. And yet I don't have to deal with the day-to-day things that you have to deal with. And you have to have conversations with your kids that I don't have to have with my kids. And it's, yeah. I mean, and when you hear people like me or whoever saying about white guilt, are you just like, oh, please, that's not even like, you know, no, or what's no, your. No, 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 I, I, there's, there's this, I think there's two kinds of white guilt. Yeah. There's white guilt. You understand your privilege and you empathize and you want to become an ally. Right. 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 That's that white guilt. Then there's a white guilt of, you know, you're nasty. Right. <laughs> you know what you're doing is wrong. And yet you're not even going to change. You're going to keep going because guess what? Your white privileged world works for you and everyone else around you. But they don't realize, guess what? Who's having the most kids? Hispanic right. and black. So if you're not even black, it's Hispanic. The most, I think, lately, the last decade, if you don't educate them. Right. If you don't get them ready, guess what? They're going to run America. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about that. All you're worried about now is your white privilege bubble, your kids, and your life is good. And I've even said to, I've had colleagues who say to me, listen, you got to vote for this person because, you know, you, you get a better tax bracket. Right. And, and I'm like, it's not just about that. So you're saying you'd rather do that over racial inequality that people are dying. You see stuff for what it is, but you're going to turn the other cheek because it's more beneficial for right. you and your tax bracket. That's sick. Right. But see, that's what moves this country. Money, money, power, greed. Mm-hmm. And it's still because like yes. every, mm-hmm. everything that we're dealing with, like, you know, coronavirus, like everything, but people are still like the stock market's doing great. Like, yes, really? Exactly. I would give mm-hmm. up any money I have just to have this all healed and back to normal and people being able to take masks off. I mean, ugh. exactly. And so that's we're dealing with that issue, too. Right. The haves versus the have nots. Yeah. And that's been since the beginning of time as well. And the politics of it. And that's sad because there are people that want to be a part of the change, but they feel like you do, like I do. How are we going to fix this? Right. Right. And you know what my daddy said to me? We got to vote, vote, vote. Yeah. And I'm hoping that is, uh, that's a start. I know that's not going to fix it, but that's one thing that I am encouraging. You know, I have a family reunion coming up in in September and you know what our theme is? And we usually have two to 300 people. Our theme is health and wellness. Wow. Our our theme is Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And that is, I just did a piece for my dad and I had him talk about what it meant to be black in America when he was younger. And I cried and he was like, Gloria, I am so proud of you and your brothers and sisters. Like, I didn't get a chance to get an education in the way that I wanted to, but to know that you have, I'm proud. Aww. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 so important that we and, and and like I said, we're talking about Black Lives Matter and and the family union and all these people come and they said, you know what, our theme this year has to be health 
and wellness. We yeah. get together every two years. And, you know, this year it's virtually. Right. So, you know, I'm in charge of getting these little videos together. But, you know, I'm not only get them together. I, I cry because yeah. these are my older um family members. They're in their 80s. They're in their late 70s. And they're telling me stories about uh, what it was like for them as a child. And then to think that here we are now in 2020 and it seems like we're regressing in yes. some ways. Yes. But are we or do you think that it's it's always been this bad, but it just hasn't had the spotlight on it? I think that's it. It's always been this bad. Yeah. But the joy of it is the younger generation um, and even some older people, people are just finally saying they're tired and they're speaking yeah. up and they're doing what you're doing, taking a risk. Yeah. Right. Taking a risk. I'm taking a risk. Yeah. And we are putting our hearts on the line. And I'd rather do that than to turn the other cheek. I'd yeah. rather say, listen, if I could podcast, if I can talk and someone gets a sense of what it's like to be a black woman in America, what it's like to raise a black family. And maybe the next time you see one, you might have a little more, more compassion. Right. Then it's worth it to me. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, and I do think so much of it is like that, right? Like I, I, I remember this is different, but I remember with the um, gay marriage when that was being voted on and yeah. so many people, usually white people were like, <laughs> you know, I'm not voting for that. And it was like, if you personalized it or if you got to know these people or if it was your son or your daughter, like really right. you would still be anti that. And I think it's, it's exactly what you said. Like, have you talked to a black family? Like, right. <laughs> right. Do you and no? And I got emotional, you know, on another episode, I was like, you know, we, we got breakfast, we go to church. You know what I'm saying? We like right. a normal family like you. It's like, we're not like from, you know, we're not aliens. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? And, and look, like, what do you want to talk about? Facts. We help build this country. Right. Okay. Hashtag facts. Right. Everything that there's so many things that Black Americans don't get credit for that they've done, and it's like no one sit around saying that. Right. All I think they want is to be treated with respect, and right. some want to be. You know, they want reparations. I get all that. I don't. I don't fault anybody for how they feel. But I'm gonna start with. How about you just. Treat me with respect and the way that I'm treating you. Yeah. How about you understand that your life, because this is what I'm saying to you. I don't think, I don't even think like that. Oh, my life has more value than Carrie, Carrie's life. Right. That doesn't even come, like I was never raised like that. So the fact that people think like that, it's, it's just disgusting. Right. And look, they may not say it, but you're, as you told me, your actions uh, suggest that you think that you're better. And right. the way that you live your life and how you move around you are telling me that you think your life has more value. Right. Right. And and I, I mean, I wasn't raised that way either. I wasn't raised to think that my life was more valuable than yours. But like we've talked about, we both met because we were in a situation where you got to come to school in our town. And it was, it was sort of set up that like we thought we were doing you guys a favor. So already it, there is setting up that you were at a disadvantage, you know, or you didn't ha have as much privilege as we did or whatever. So even though I grew up not thinking that I was better, but I was put in a situation where I was better. Right. 
And so it's the actions. And like when you say um, it was sort of made to believe that you were doing us a favor. Girl, I wish somebody would have told them cops, hey, right. she's good people. Yeah. She played for the basketball team. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's what people say to me now. You know, Gloria, when you get pulled over, just tell them that, you know, so-and-so. And that gets me so angry. Yeah. It gets me so tight. Because I'm like, no, honey, do you see what I look like? Right. They don't care what I say, but it also lets me know the people that say that to me. Okay, so you're living in that privilege. You, well, that's, and, that's and by saying by. the fact that if you say like, oh, I know so and so that that's supposed to get you off or that's supposed to whatever, then that's that's screwed up, too. Like that's you. Yeah, that's happening. And it's happening. And then also, too, that seriously, some black people, they can say that and they do they get a pass. Right. Right. But I never, ever said I want to be that kind of person. Right. Because I know what it feels like to not be accepted. Right. I mean, this has nothing to do with anything, but I remember graduating uh, from college and any interview I would go on, they would say, so uh, tell me about your parents. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, um, yeah. Like, where do your, where do your parents, where, where do you, where do you come from? What, what do your parents do? Like do for work? And I would say to my husband, I was like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't even want to tell them. Like, I'm, but that's so weird because I don't think anyone ever asked me that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> who do you know? Listen, and, and, and every job, it's like, who do I know? How am I connected? That's another example of having to go through, hey, I, I graduated from college. I was very active in college. I was a residential advisor. I would balance personalities. But you want to ask me, where am I from? Right. What do my parents do? What kind of industry did they work in? Right. And, you know, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he's like, tell them your father is a truck driver. And I was like, really? I don't, I don't want to do that. I go, what does that have to do with anything? He said, it made you who you are. And ever since he said that, I said, absolutely. I learned how to get up early. I learned how to be on time. I used to get on the um, get in the big truck with him and he would go all throughout the tri-state area. And then, you know, sometimes he would travel to Canada. But he I watched him put on his boots. I watched him put on his pants. Right. I watched him put on his flannel. And stand tall and say, I'll see you later, Gloria. Good morning. Daddy loves you. And it's true. Values. That's what I learned. And so, you know, after that only happened one or two times. And I was like, you know what? Listen, my father was a truck driver. My mother worked in child care. And now as I got older, I got a little feisty with it. Right. Don't worry about what they did, honey. Worry about the fact that I'm your boss. Right. How How about you get into that? You know what I mean? And that would just be me being frustrated because I'm like, I don't have any connections. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody didn't recommend me. I don't I don't come with like fancy, you know, a big fancy school even. You right. know, I'm just like I'm I'm me and I worked hard to get where I am and I'm pretty proud of it, but I can't tell you um that I know so and so who knows so and so. I know nothing about that. And I mean, this is gonna be another episode, but um somehow we both ended up at the same job. Right. <laughs> right? Like that, I'm so excited to talk about. But I mean, that is so fascinating how like we, you know, came from these different backgrounds, went to school together, went to school apart for college. And then like a couple of years after college, end up at the same job, same salary, right. same, you know. But we'll I, I can't wait to talk about it. I know. I bet you our journey to get there 
you know, just like my morning commute, I had to go through some things. Yeah. And I can't wait to tell you about it. It's like, yeah, it's never been easy. Right. But honestly, I don't complain. I really feel like everything built uh, the, uh, the character and it made me the woman I am today because you know what? Nothing has been easy. Yeah. Nothing, nothing has been given to me. And I, I, I think it's, it, it, the, I, I think because I had to work harder, I, I appreciate it more. Yeah. But I often, sometime as a little girl would be like, you know, dear God. Yeah. Can you check for my family? Right. Oh, can you check for me? Like, is it going to get easier? And and I don't know if I told you this. I said to my mother one day, I called her up and I said, Ma, why do you make me call everyone Miss So-and-so? Mm-hmm. I just want to make you laugh because growing up, we can never call anybody by their first name. Right. I said, I'm on my job and the lady's offended that I called her Miss whatever her name was. Right. And she goes, she goes, I just raised you guys to be respectful. I said, yeah, you set me up. Mm-hmm. I go, the lady was like annoyed with me. She thought I was like like aging her, I guess, by calling her that. I go, Ma, you set me up. So th- those are there's a number of conversations that I call my mom. And even at this age, she's like, okay, get over yourself. I said, Ma, why didn't you tell me life was going to be this hard? And she'll Aww. sit there and laugh. She goes, she goes if I would have told you, you would have never worked this hard. You would Aww. never be the woman you are today. I said, yeah, but you could have you gave me a little bit more of a head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could have told me that I could do all this. You know, and it's still, you know, in some people's eyes, it's just not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Heavy stuff, girl. Heavy stuff. You've been listening to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks with my mom, Gloria. And my mom, Carrie. This episode was produced by Carrie Clifford, Gloria Harrison, Katie Levine, and an ACL joint production. Tune in next time to hear more from our moms. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.